ever episode of the Arts and Culture Show with Lara and Lee John Phillips. Say hello, Lee John Phillips. Hello, Lee John Phillips. I'm nice so excited. Oh, I'm so, so excited, Lee. Thank Are you ready you for this? Much. Yes, let's do it. Excellent.
This is Pure West Radio for Pembrokeshire from Pembrokeshire.
bit of Counting Crows there. That was cracking, wasn't it, Lee? Oh my God, love Counting Crows. I also love Counting Crows. Oh my goodness. So, welcome everybody. This is the episode three of the, uh, what day is it? Tuesday? Tuesday Night Live Arts and Culture Show on Pure West Radio. We've got loads of really exciting stuff tonight. Not only do we have Lee John Phillips as our brand new co-host, we are welcoming Meredith Barker, playwright, artistic director of Narbeth Youth Theatre, all-round nice guy, born and raised in Half West. No, born in Half West, raised in St David's. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We've also got Arts in Pembrokeshire, What's on Top Picks, as chosen by me and Lee. Plus, there's a competition to win two tickets to the Ultimate Rock Show this weekend. Not too shabby. If you actually want to win those tickets, jump on the Facebook page right now and enter because I'll be drawing the winner in the second hour of the show. But first of all, to welcome Lee into the fold, a little bit of Pearl Jam. Uh, I'll reliving 
For competitions and local news, follow Pure West Radio on Facebook. Pure West Radio. Gary Newman there guys how'd you like that Gary mm. no no not a fan of Gary no oh Lee Eddie yes Eddie yes but not Gary yes Eddie I don't Gary. think we can be friends anyway moving on welcome welcome Meredith Barker 
Thank you very much for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure. So you're a playwright? I am indeed. Um, Artistic director of Narbeth Youth Theatre? Yes, I am. Fantastic. Nice guy? I try to be. Excellent I do try to be, yeah. So tell us about yourself. Come on, tell us everything. Um, I was born 500 yards away from here, I realised, as we were (laughs) coming here today. Excellent. I was born on St Thomas's Green up the road, and a lot of my contemporaries were. And if you ever get Reese Evans on the show, you can ask him about it, because he was born up there as well. No actual way. Yeah, and you know, I think there's one delivery room, so um, (laughs) I've met him once, and we were able to talk about, oh, we were in the same delivery room. But um, there we are. That's cute, I like it. That's right. Yeah, I bought up at St David's though. Yeah. Bought up um, Aberaidi Porthgain area, which mm. a lot of people know, especially Porthgain. Mm. Um, and I went to school at St David's. Um, I went to a couple of very small primary schools that don't exist anymore. Oh. So I'm from the middle of the back of beyond. Excellent. Uh, potato My growing country. Um, <laughs> and then I got into, there's quite an artistic crowd in St David's school um, at the time. Uh, probably led by David Gray, um, but Kieran Evans was there at the same time. Kieran Evans, who does all the Mount Street Preachers videos oh. and a lot of documentaries, and has just won won a BAFTA a couple of years ago for best debut. He was in school at the same time. He did um, a wonderful film version of Kelly and Victor by Niall Griffiths. Oh. Um, so and David Gray, that most people know about as well. Yes. So there was a kind of group of people around there who like minded and all went to our college and I applied to our college, got in and then left for Carmarthen and then from Carmarthen went on to London, studied at St Martin's Amazing. and decided there because there were so many people who were really gifted at what they were, what I was supposed to be studying. I realised that I had a bit of a facility for it but I wasn't as driven as as they were, that I just wanted a pad in front of me and just to write words. Fantastic. And so it just went on from there really and I developed... Um, into becoming what I am today, and that is a playwright. I love that story. Thank you very much, Med. So uh, tell me about your recent play. Recently, uh, Nye and Jenny did rather well when it toured Wales and Scotland last year. You're being very... uh, What's the word I'm looking for, Lee? Yeah, he's talking it down a little bit. Talking it down, <laughs> down a little bit. I saw it. It was amazing. Um, amazing. I think what happened was is that it was the, and theatre is about a combination of people. It was just the right combination of people. Yeah. Um, it was the right person to the director to begin with. Gaynor Styles felt I was the right person to write it, and she asked me to write it. So she made you know probably what she thinks is a good choice there. Yeah. Um, it was cast beautifully with oh, Gareth yes. John uh, Bale as Nye. Um, I just really kind of think, because Jenny was played beautifully as well, it was just, mm-hmm. I just love the way that everybody came together and everybody just worked so hard to make it Magical. work really well. Yeah. Mm, brilliant, brilliant. And if, if anyone wants a little bit more information on that, I did put, put your Nye and Jenny website on our Facebook page, so yeah. go and have a little nosy. For real. Very kind of you. You're very welcome. Yeah. So have you got anything coming up? Um, yeah, got a play called... Um, Huntsman for the Torch Theatre that will be on at the Torch Theatre around March next year. Exciting! Can and I come? That, yes, you can. Excellent. Yeah, you can all come. Everybody can come. Thank you. Um, and the wonderful thing about that is that it's not going to be played in the Torch itself. It's going to be played in the Torch Studio, Ooh. where they make all their sets and everything. They're changing the whole area around, so we can create something similar to a 1980s pub oh in Pembrokeshire. And the play is about John Cooper, mm-hmm. the serial killer. Oh. I mean, the Dixon murders and the Scoverson Park mm. murders. Yeah. Um, 
which everyone I'm sure knows. Everybody knows about, but it's about Pembrokeshire in the 1980s. Yeah. So yeah. it's a three-hander. We've got three actors playing multiple parts, um, and it's going to be directed by Peter Doran. And I'm so looking forward for that. I that sounds so so, so good, and I and I genuinely mean that. I'm really looking forward to it. And when when does that open, Matt? Um, it'll be March next year. It, it's it, it's the same. It's a, it's that sort of thing when it comes to the arts, isn't it? Before the end, before the end of the financial year, that's yes, when it'll yes. be. On. That's when it'll be ready. That's when we'll be doing yeah, it. Yeah, and then everybody has to take a deep breath and decide again how they're going to go on with their careers. Because <laughs> that's the way it is as an artist, isn't it? It goes from March to March. Right now, we invited you on, didn't we? So we could talk about your top ten favorite songs of all time. Oh yeah, you did. Yes. How did you find it? Okay, not too bad. Um, I didn't actually start thinking about this is my very favourite top ten. No. Because all I did was just think to myself, I'll give myself five days to think of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'd been to London recently, they saw a friend of mine, and there's a friend of mine who first played the first song that we're going to play. Oh. And I always associated with him, and I thought, yeah. all right, we'll start with that. Yeah. Um, anybody who listened to this who knows me well will just go... I can't believe there's no Led Zeppelin. I can't believe there's no Jim Hendrix. I can't believe there's no <laughs> Dead Kennedys. I can't yeah. believe The Fall isn't there. Nick Cave. There's so <laughs> many things that should be on there that people will yeah. associate with me. But I didn't do it that way. I just no. went about, okay, It makes the first song makes sense. What would make sense to come after, after that, that one? And then all of a sudden, there was 10 there. You know, it was quite an easy process that way. Yeah. It's not a definitive 10. It's just the 10 I felt like this past week. Yeah, could change next week. It, no, it will change next week. <laughs> it might, might change by the minute. It, by the minute. It's <laughs> just minute. The top, anybody's top ten is absolutely impossible. It's fluid, isn't it? That's yeah. the one thing I've realised in only doing three episodes is it's impossible to choose. But it's good fun trying. Hmm. So, shall we listen to the first one? Indeed. Shall I say something about it? Yeah, so, go on. Something about this amazing man. Um, I can't remember where I saw them on television, okay? But it's probably the word... And anybody who's mm. old enough to remember the word, it was like an appointment television, as they call it, in the 90s, with Danny Bear and I can't remember, there were quite a few others who were on it. Um, if I watched an episode now, I'd be frightened to death by the fact that I liked it. Uh, but they were, on, uh, they were on some sort of television programme, and it was a man with a bass guitar with two strings. It was a stand with two saxophones and a man playing both saxophones at the same time. Excellent. And somebody on the drums. And that's all it was. It's a... F- astonishingly dirty riff yeah. played in an astonishingly dirty way Oof. everything's baritone in it and I think like it you. is hot as hell <laughs> it is morphine and honey white oh, and right. I love it love it love it love it love it love it, love it, love it.
Uh, oops. Right, Matt, if you could explain <laughs> yourself there, that's, that was quite an incredible sound from just one saxophone <laughs> and a two-string bass. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, probably because it was the wrong track. Yeah, sorry uh, about that. Um, <laughs> that was um, Help Me Somebody from My Life in the Bush of Ghosts by Brian Eno and David Byrne. Um, which is just one of the most astonishing albums, most influential albums uh, to ever be recorded because it's not the first, re- it's not really the first instance of samples being used on record, but it's the first instance of samples being used to such an extent where you've just got layered um, voices and sounds that come from loads of disparate disparate areas and brought together by two, well, two people who are just astonishingly talented, you know, and burn. Um, very influential, very influ- influential on hip hop, influential on so many different genres, eighties mm. into the nineties. Where anybody, if you hear any spoken word or any kind of mish mash of sounds put together, uh, "My Life in the Bush of Ghosts," the album from which that track came from, um, is as responsible as anything is. Yeah, that's really interesting. I really enjoyed that, even though it was the, in the wrong place. It was still really good. Yeah. So, but we're looking forward to a really filthy sax. <laughs> Sax, sax riff. And you sold it so well. <laughs> yeah. as well. I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to um, be so good. And then it was wrong. But talk to me about Honey White Morphine. Honey White Morphine. Um, just an astonishing band. Uh, the singer used to just made his own instruments, tuned them in a very different way. Uh, the thing about them was that as a band, they said that everything we do is baritone, but because it's such a different, everything has a different voice, mm. it sounds very rich. They sound, they're as hard and as uncompromising as Nirvana, to be honest with you. I really think that, you know, if you want to release loud guitar, bass and drums and yeah. somebody uh, telling it like it is, <laughs> so to speak, um, <laughs> this band were there as much as anybody was in the early yeah. 90s. And Robert Sandman, who's a, who's a singer, he just, he was in a very hot gig in, I think, Rome in the late 90s and just dropped dead and everything for such an obscure band that you Mm. know nobody would take much notice but a lot of people came out Mm. of the woodwork and said that is a great loss of music and I really share that sentiment Um, this is just wonderful are you ready? I am ready fantastic Devil made a honey Devil made a honey 
said you'll get me when I'm old and wizened And not a day before that The devil says, honey, it won't be that long Besides, I like to see a little more fat Yeah, I like to see a little more fat You know, I like to see a little more fat pretty interesting hmm. did you like it i always love it oh. I, I, it's always gets me going and it's, it's one of those um i'm one of those um there's a word for people like me of course who goes <laughs> to the pub with a bit of a plan when it comes to the jukebox <laughs> i always think if I, I if i can't think of anything but the jukebox i just go and put honey we, white on we, we talk about people like you man yeah. <laughs> yeah i know i know i talk about people like me but you know yet it's, here we are yeah here we are yeah i know but then it's just a party starter isn't it i think it is and it buys you four minutes to think of something even funkier <laughs> to put on so anyway. so what's coming up next this is pj harvey uh-huh and um, pj harvey reminds me so much of um, all the tremendous women artists I get to work with. Mm. Um, there's my wife, who we have um, the youth theatre with, mm. but there's also when we did um, Nine Jenny, we had. Who I, I didn't want to mention earlier because I wanted to mention them in context with this is that it, it, the continuous to astonish and Gaynor Styles who directed Nine Jenny yeah. and Louise Collins who played Jenny. Mm. Um, kept me on my toes when it came as, as a writer in a way that not many people can mm. and do. Um, also, funnily enough, uh, just shows how, how aware I was. I remember saying to a friend of mine a few years ago, I said, do you remember that girl in college who looked like P.G. Harvey? And he said, yeah, that was P.G. Harvey, man. <laughs> um, so I didn't realise that I was in college with P.G. Harvey in London. No. Until but, now. Until now. <laughs> we are. But also there's a, there's a connection there in that, there's a song that comes up, this is coming up a bit later, there's a connection with PJ Harvey and Nick yeah. Cave and with all of that. But um, yeah, this is uh, Shaking the Shake.
I think that you did a very good job of playing the right song there, lad. Well done. Well, thank well you very much. You. Do I get a, Do I get a gold star? No, I get a round of applause. There we go. Well done. Well done. Right, PJ Harvey. So you went to university with PJ Harvey, am I correct? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> she was at St Martin's amongst quite a lot of other alumni. Um, who was it? Stella McCartney was at the same time as me. Goodness oh, I was gracious. at the same time as her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which way round um, is that? I tried chatting her up. Uh, my wife knows about this. Um, okay, so we're not... She was very kind. Oh, yeah. that's that's sweet. Uh, let me know. I didn't, even, I didn't have a clue who she was. No. Um, but Alexander McQueen was there. Yeah, I remember him walking around. Um, it was just like one of those places, which was just a stunning place to be within the be at in the early nineties. Yeah, so. and just part of history, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, pretty intense that you were there. I can't, I can't remember um, Jarvis Cocker there, but he was seemed to be walking around. You'd think you'd remember Jarvis Cocker, but I can't. Remember. Not so much. No, everybody's <laughs> in the world of their own anyway. True. You know, everybody's kind of quite self-absorbed. Yeah, you have to be, don't you, I, at I, that I age? To that, yeah. So, what's coming up next? Um, what we've got next is um, "Machine" by Buddy Rich. Mm. I love big band jazz. I think it goes back to um, being a massive fan of the Pink Panther films, oh. and of course, the Pink Panther theme is just proper. With Henry Mancini, it's a proper big jazz uh, score. But um, I love drummers. Yeah. I'm a massive fan of drummers. I've got a, a really, really kind of anal to the point of being quite mentally ill <laughs> knowledge of drums and drummers, even though I'm not a very good drummer myself and I don't kind of habitually go out and play gigs or anything like that. No. I just love singers and drummers. Yeah. They uh, and I think they're, they're, they're quite related. They're quite mm. related. My mother, I was a drummer, my mother was a singer. So mm. I was just kind of. So many singers and drummers have tremendous relationships. Robert Plant, and John and Barnum, Roger Daltrey and Keith Moon. They yeah. always talk about how they work together. Special relationship. So, special relationship. But mm. um, this song has got no singing in it. And it starts off with quite a gentle groove. And then the bass comes in. Ooh. And then it grooves like... I'm not going to swear. I'm just going to say, <laughs> listen to Buddy Rich. And the song is called Machine. Machine. 
Yeah, just before that that track I'm on, you were talking about um, being self-absorbed, and um, yeah, I'm I'm just going to be really nosy because as a as a freelance illustrator, I, I I kind of spend a lot of time on my own, and I feel what I do is really self-absorbed, and I'm just really interested in what other makers do. So I'd love to know what what does a day look like for a for a freelance playwright? Um, oh, and how many units of alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> oh, many, many, just, just write many that. Just write, just write your number later on. Um, <laughs> I think there's a certain rhythm to the day where um, you have to wake up thinking about the mortgage. Preach <laughs> More than it. Um, yeah, and it's this writers that I've read about, um, especially comic writers. There was one called John Junkin, who was working in the seventies, who. I think it was on the day of his father's funeral, um, while the party was going on downstairs, I had to go up, had to go upstairs and write some gags for Bob Hope. I think it was. I might have got. I think it might not be John Junkin, it might be somebody else. But um, but he he just put a bill next to the typewriter and wrote. There's things about not thinking about it as art and thinking about it as work and having a kind of ethic about the whole thing. Um, I was thinking, oh, I'm not quite. Um, don't feel you know inspired today. I think I might do something else or whatever. So I I, tr- I tend to try and wake up in the morning, read what I wrote the day before, uh, rewrite that, do some fresh writing, and then by three o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm thinking about alcohol units. I'm thinking about food. I'm also thinking <laughs> about that's probably the best time of day for me to do some reading, right? Um, just some research on what somebody else might be doing. Um, I'm also trying to get away from myself. Um, it's not that I'm obsessed with drinking alcohol. I do like pub culture because I can go out and just see people. Mm. And I think a lot of art forgets what it's supposed to be about, and it's supposed to be about community. Mm. And it's supposed to be about um, what do we have to say, what it means to be human. Um, but if you're stuck in the house and you're just kind of alone there, self-absorbed with your thoughts, you're not thinking about the world around you. Um, I was obsessed with Picasso when I was younger, and I just didn't realise how much he put into making sure that he had people around him. And even though he was a monstrous individual in so many ways, he needed human contact. He needed yeah. to go to the beach. He needed to go to bars. He mm. needed to go and see people. Um, so I think 
trying to strike a balance changes from day to day. I really think it does. Depends on what's happening and what uh, the needs are in life because you've just got to be there for people as well, really. Yeah. How do you get, how do you get through that like monster block if you're really up against it time wise? Uh, and you're thinking, shit, I, I, no, it's not happening. It's not happening. Um, that probably what I'm doing is good, all right. It's all, okay. you know, I probably have developed a skill to write something that's decent. I've been, for example, with um, this torch piece because it's about a monstrous individual, John Cooper, and because I'm from Pembrokeshire, and because it's um, feels like a weighty story. I've been quite slow putting it together, but it's only in the past like month, two months that has actually been. I've been writing stuff and realised it's okay. Don't worry about the quality because you're actually okay at what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. these people can't afford to give money to people who aren't good at what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I say it's, it's, this isn't kind of a mo- you know, immodest or false modesty. It's not this and that. At some point, you've got to realise. Oh, okay, belief in your own ability. Yeah, 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 you've got the ability because you're there doing it. The, the the walls of the house are still there, the, the roof is still there, um, but I still wouldn't underestimate what it means to have a you know superb partner, you yeah, know absolutely. whether it be your, your wife, however you want to describe your partner to be, um, and I'm lucky in that respect that I've just got a superb support in my wife, um, and we do we do the same sort of work. She writes uh, children's plays. She is the rock and the force behind um, Narbathew Theatre, uh, Shirley Ann Barker. Um, and I think that's astonishingly important as well. You know, somebody there to say, "Get over yourself. Mm. Get over yourself. And get on it. with yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and ground you." And also, can I? I really do have to point this out. Get a dog if you have a kid. <laughs> get. I've got a beautiful English Spanish spaniel. We have. And the first thing in the morning is like, it has to be first thing in the morning. You've got to get up and yeah, you've got yeah. to walk a mile and a half. You do and, I, and do and come yeah. back. And if you haven't had a shower before now, you'll have had a shower in winter in Narbeth anyway, because <laughs> like, you come back wet. You haven't had your coffee and everything. The you'll dog's be happy. You're ready for the day. Yeah. Um, and I'm also, she's there tugging at your sleeve at three o'clock in the afternoon, going, "No, you've been sat there. Yeah, get off your arse. Yeah, yeah. You've get been, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been sat right. there for a long enough mm-hmm. now. Let's go out again. Yeah. Oh, I need a dog so bad, but that's a different story. Oh. Anyway, let's talk. What the next song, uh, Sister Sledge? Oh yeah, but this is uh, a remix. I was because we're doing a top ten is so difficult, you know, and we've talked about how hard it is to put a top ten of anything together. Well, yeah. I could have put a top ten of Led Zeppelin, top ten <laughs> of Jimi Hendrix, top ten of uh, so many different things, but this. I heard this only a couple of months ago, and when it came out, I just I, when I heard it, I just thought this is astonishing remix mm. of a classic, and I didn't realise that um, Dimitri from Paris, whoever he may be, he may actually be Dimitri from Paris, <laughs> um, was given access to all the original tapes, mm-hmm. so he could do the remix from scratch, which is why it sounds so beautifully clean and mm. so dramatic. Um, so this is Dimitri from Paris with his remix of Sheik's Lost in Music.
Oh, that was a lot of fun. Seven beautiful minutes of... I don't even know what that was. I enjoyed it. <laughs> bliss. That's what it was. It was bliss. gorgeous. Remix bliss. Yeah. That's what it was. Really enjoyed it. subtle piano in there. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what happens when somebody just comes along and reinterprets with a tremendous amount of respect mm. and, re- and just makes you realise that the original was just genius as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Right. What's coming up next, Med? What's coming up next is The Gun Club and For the Love of IEV. Now, The Gun Club... Um, and a singer called Jeffrey Lee Pierce, who's a strange cove, um, <laughs> and quite rightly so, because he was a superb artist. Yes. He, he, he had that kind of southern gentleman vibe, um, with that kind of drawl. He was uh, similar to the kind of Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday character in OK Corral. Right. Just that sort of person. <laughs> but um, he was obsessed with... Uh, the blues, mm. and 